I don't know how much we're going to get through today and I'm going to speak on the power of revelation over the next three, four weeks. Grab a seat. And I don't, I don't want to just give like, you know, this, I want to, I want to share thoughts. I want to share concepts. I don't, I don't want to give just like one, two, three points and wrap it all up and then we, we walk out. We might just stay on one thought for the whole service. Is that okay? Because it's about capturing nuggets. It's about getting the revelation of what's shared, not just filling our heads with more knowledge. We love that as people. The world loves it. It worships knowledge. It worships knowledge. It puts it on an idol and puts it on a pedestal. And if you're in this world and you have, not all the time, but sometimes, you know, the world, if you have some letters behind your name, then you're almost revered. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's good. But it's not to be the thing we focus on. There is a way in which spiritual-led truth comes to you. That's what I love about God, I love about the kingdom, is that it's, I've said this before, it's the great, greatest equalizer. It's not about your intellect and how clever you are. It's about your spirit and your heart first. Because God says, I'm coming to children. It says, the learned and the wise won't get it. I'm coming to a kid. What's he trying to say? I didn't come to the religious sect. I didn't come. I came to these men, these people that were prostitutes and, and just people that, that the church, these men, just looked at and, and, and just spewed them out of their mouth. He came to these people that what? Whose heart, wasn't it never about sin? Whose heart of humility and posture, maybe because of their lifestyle, they knew who, they, knew who they were. This is not the sick or the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick. What was he talking about? Do you think he was trying to communicate something in those words? To those religious people. In Revelation, God, I pray for the spirit of revelation to enter into every heart, every mind of every person in this auditorium, upstairs in the creche. Every young person, every middle-aged person, every person in this place right now, Holy Spirit, I pray there would be a power. I pray there would be such an injection of your Holy Spirit into every heart, every mind. And I pray right now, God, you are breaking, you are bursting forth every hardness of heart, every hardness of thought that does not mind uh, align to your kingdom right now in the name of Jesus. Bring us into new levels of sight, God. Bring us into the finish line that the Bible talks about, that we would see Jesus coming back with all his angels and his glory, setting up his kingdom, Father, and that would radically motivate us out of the apathy and out of the slumber that the Bible talks about in the church of Laodicea. That says, I don't need you, I've got enough. And Jesus says, I knock on the door of your heart, would you let me in? I pray the spirit of revelation. Paul, Paul prayed, would enter us now. In the name of Jesus. I pray that conviction would come with grace into my heart to continue to help me see accurately and be all that you want me to be as you come bursting forth out of me into this world that I may bring glory to your name, honor to your name. Spirit of revelation, I ask you to just minister to your people, your children. So I want to ask us some questions like, what are we learning? What have you been learning over the last four weeks? What are some of the things that you're pondering? 
Anybody? To trust God. Awesome. Thanks, Nari. To trust Him with everything. The whole thing's built on faith, isn't it? He invites you to journey into unknown waters where you're going to have to let go of control. How many of you know that's the hardest thing for a person to do? Because we want to be in control. But the God of the universe invites you to be out of control. So we've got a problem. Because the one we worship says, come follow me. And we go, where are we going? And he doesn't tell us. So we don't go. How long are we going to be away for? He doesn't tell us, so we don't go. How long is it going to cost me? Well, you really don't want to know that. You see, he is about, the Bible says in faith, uh, sorry, in Hebrews 11, one, about faith. It's an unseen realm. The kingdom is an unseen perspective. You can't see it in the natural. So you need to attach faith to it, which enlarges your capacity to move in it. It's a great answer because without faith, you can't really do that much. It's not faith in ourselves, it's faith in Him, His ability. Hence, if you can capture a revelation of who He is, guess what? It's easier to enter into that unknown waters because you're trusting Him, not your own ability to walk on that water or your own ability to multiply that bread or your own ability to pray for someone through Skype and see them radically healed. How many people would want to be part of that? Anybody? Do you want to be part of that? Well, that's going to take you to think accurately, walk accurately, fall in love with Him, develop your relationship with Him, not just live in a justified state which says, thank you God for my salvation and I'm waiting for heaven. There is way more like I have for my daughters. I've got way more for them in my heart than just mediocrity or just getting by, just having enough. This kingdom is abundantly resourced. But if that's not our reality, guys, the only way you can get that reality is through the spirit of revelation. You can't get it by just even reading the Bible. There's got to be an encounter with the spirit in you and the living word. There has to be. Otherwise, you just fill your head with a whole lot of head knowledge that never becomes alive. It's not, Jesus said, my, my word is life and spirit. It never comes alive. It never shifts, changes your reality. It's supposed to for a greater purpose. So we're going to look at this thing. We're going to go after it because it is essential that we understand that it is the renewed mind. And we've looked at that, Romans 12, which is two. It's the renewed mind that's able to see. It's able to perceive, it's able to understand, to comprehend, to operate in the fullness of God's kingdom, just beyond our justified state, which is amazing, isn't it? It's amazing that this God of the universe came down to earth and allowed himself to be murdered for you and me. He gave his one and only son that we would come into. But that's step one of a much bigger process. And over the next few weeks, and we might get to a day we're going to talk about, and I shared about, it's like climbing Mount Everest. And I want us to have a picture of Mount Everest and start seeing it like, you know, when you step one foot onto the mountain, you're now justified in God. But there is 29,000 feet that need to be conquered. 
to reach the maximum viewpoint of the kingdom. And the question is, are we climbing up the mountain, getting revelation at every level of a thousand feet so we can go to the next level through the Spirit, working in the power of the Spirit, the power of the Word, and climbing that mountain to get to 5,000 feet and look at the view and go, whoa! Well, maybe others below don't have that viewpoint. They don't operate. They're called to. They're invited to. And God's grace covers it, but God's heart breaks, I believe, for people that are just on the mountain. He says, I've done it. I've covered it. You're going to heaven, but son, daughter, there is way more and a greater perspective that I want you to come into through revelation of my Holy Spirit, my word, and through others. And God has empowered the church that sight would come. So that's our challenge, my challenge, the leadership, the eldership's challenge of this house is to build in such a way that the church would come to the fullness of who she's called to be because Jesus coming back for a bride that resembles himself spotless, wrinkle-free. The bride, Revelation says, is making herself ready. You ever stop and go, what does that mean? Justification, you didn't need to make yourself ready for it, did you? You just prayed a prayer and you entered the kingdom. So are you making yourself ready? Ask yourself, what, the, what does that mean? See, the challenge is we either go, I don't really know it, I don't really care. Or we go, yeah. When I married Danielle, <laughs> she made herself ready. How many brides here made themselves ready for your husband? Sorry, guys. <laughs> Two. <laughs> we need to get to that marriage video, okay? <laughs> a bride makes herself ready for her groom. It ain't rocket science. I think we've turned it into a rocket science, but it ain't rocket science. So what does that mean? Are we on a process of making ourselves ready for Christ when he returns? You've got to get the revelation of it, guys. You may have got to hang with people that have the revelation of it. You've got to hang with the Holy Spirit and ask him for the revelation of it. What God's looking for is a heart that wants to come into another level of reality. So if you haven't today, it's okay. It's fine. The challenge is, do you want to stay with just fine or do you want to be another five years still in the same position on the mountain because you haven't journeyed up the mountain through another level of spiritual revelation of truth or do you want to start making yourself ready? That's why discipleship is the very thing that God gave us. It's the very thing. The church does not even understand discipleship. We've, we've got all these theologies and myths on what discipleship is. Discipleship is exactly what Jesus modeled. Come and walk with me. Contend for truth. I have things to see. 
I'm going to be in and out of your lives. You're going to see things in me that I want you to be able to perceive. I'm going to see things in you that I want to alter and shift. And guess what? You need to do it together because you need one another. You can't finish the race on your own, but the hardness of heart of man, the hardness of mind wants to set up our own thing and do it on our own. That is a problem. It speaks to the heart of um, dependence, self-dependence. It's man's biggest problem. That's why people don't want to come to Jesus. That's why the church won't enter into more of Jesus because we're trying to do it on our own. Hence what Nairi said, we need to trust and we need to have faith. And God has given the church this, this discipleship environment to walk with. I'm not saying we need to live in each other's homes. What I'm saying is we need to be intimate enough that we understand that we can create this environment of love where we can be transparent and bring this, the darkness that's in us and the heart and the lack of sight and all those things into an open where people love us enough to want to journey together, not run away from us. Gee, that person's a bit nutty, they're a bit weird, they're out there, let's push them that way. You've got to capture the revelation of it though. It's a beautiful thing that Jesus has gave, given his church. He's given us gifts, five specific gifts that are to be speaking grace into a community. And if you go read Ephesians 4, you'll see it all there. And what happens when those five gifts are releasing their grace into a community? The church comes to a unity of the faith. The church comes to a fullness. The church comes to be this perfect man, the body. We are a body of one, not a body of a whole lot of running around, everyone's an arm and a leg. We have to come together. So yes, we are individuals, but the individuals is to fit into the body. Because it's going to marry the groom. And when a world sees a body that functions like the head, what happens? The Lord adds to their number daily. Because he says, that's an environment that I know people are going to come to the fullness of my truth. And how many people know that the battle is here and here and the enemy loves it. And he's in there trying to mess it up and bring division in the church. But you've got to be able to see it to build it. And that's the challenge for us. And that can come through revelation. I want to read. I don't know how far we're going to get today. But as I said, I don't, I don't mind in the sense of we're just going to continue to leak things. And, and, and I really want us to ponder and go after and you know you can't just sit here if, if, if all you do is sit here and go wow that was interesting and you don't go home and, and get with some people and start listening to it again and writing notes you're probably not going to capture you can in a moment but I want to encourage you to capture because see it literally isn't going to arrive on your lap God says I've hidden stuff you know when, when someone hides something in the beach we were out the other day and, and my children hid something in the beach does the me finding that thing hidden doesn't come with me sitting on the deck chair looking at the, the view, does it? I have to go dig for it. God has hidden gold for the church to go find. I don't know about you, that, that, that is exciting. <laughs> but our challenge is, are we in love with him enough to go find it? See, here's the thing. 
the enemy's plan is to flip everything upside down so the church stays in deception. Okay? So God has this thing called the Shema. He has this thing called the Great Commandment, which is what? If you can tell me what the greatest commandment in the Bible is. Love the Lord your God with what? Heart, soul, mind, strength. Love Him with all your heart. It's a divine order. Okay? It's not an accident. It's not that He's decided, oh, I've got a clue, just put it in this way or that way. God doesn't do anything by accident. He is intentional about every single thing. You think people with the admin skill are detailed? They've got nothing on God. Everything is detailed. So he says, you need to love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. The heart is the spiritual aspect of the four dimensions. The soul is the emotional aspect of a person. The mind is the mental. And the strength is the physical. Yeah? I would suggest to us today, and I've been guilty of this, that I've been loving God with all my strength, with all my mind, my mental, then with my emotion, and then with my heart. In a flipped upside down order. What does that mean? Is it means when I'm operating out of a lack of revelation of the Father's love, I will find myself up in works in my own physical, and I'll do things my own way. I want to read you something out of 1 Corinthians. See, I think, and I've been guilty of this, and this is part of the new level of sight that God has brought to me alone. See, I have repented now probably, I think, twice when I felt the Holy Spirit call me to, not because stuff in my life, not because of programs or whatever. It's because I couldn't see. And I've been building in this physical realm, this body, this, my own strength. You see, we're supposed to come from love, get the revelation of who God is, the revelation of the love of the Father. It engages in your heart, your emotions. It then becomes it spiritually revealed through that process where it actually hits the mind now which has come through the spirit and then it outworks in strength and works so it's not just about running around doing anything it's about being intimate with the father through love that you start to hear his voice and you start to discern with spiritual revelation of truth and then it outworks in the because we're called to do works aren't we but spirit-led works so, like we heard today, when you hear his voice because of a relationship with the Father, you step out in faith, you see kingdom come. You try and do it without that process, the other way around, you're probably not seeing as much happening in your life because it's just you. Jesus said, I can only do what the Father touches me to do, allows me to do, because he could hear. So, I'm gonna, I've got a couple of scriptures. Um, 1 Corinthians 2. Verses 1. And in my title, which is very fitting, it says, Paul's reliance upon the Spirit. And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech 
or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Yet we do not speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood the entirety of this wisdom, then they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. It says, but just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. And he goes on, he says, how can a natural man discern the things of God? Go away, meditate on that, and ask yourself questions, because he's saying, you know what? No ear, no ears heard, no eyes seen, no mind can conceive what God has for the church. And it will come through loving him. What does that mean? It means when you love someone, You spend time with them. You ask them questions. You develop your relationship. You take the time to listen to their voice. This has always been about a love relationship with God. Okay, Before Adam and Eve sinned, there was no need to bring the kingdom to earth. It was on earth. It was perfection, correct? Before they sinned. Why did God create Adam and Eve? It ain't rocket science for fellowship, for a love relationship, for a marriage with him. Intimacy. And in that they communicated. And in that God spoke. And Adam heard clearly what he was called to do. Yes? So it's always and always will be about a relationship with God before about doing any of the works, any of miracles, any of anything else. It's got to come from love. And a relationship where the Father says, we're, we're growing this thing. You can now hear me and now outwork because it is about doing those works but through spirit-led works. That's why 1 Corinthians at the judgment seat of Christ, Christians are going to be judged for what they've done. And the fire is going to go through us all and what's left will be your spirit-led works compared to your human works. And there may be some that have nothing and God says, because of my love, you're in. But it's only about my love that you're in. And then he says, for those that have walked in a way, have climbed up the mountain and actually had some rewards and inheritance of the Spirit, there's going to become places of responsibility and honor in another presence, another time that I'm building. It's all in here. But it's the power of revelation that we need to capture to come into the fullness of what God has for us. I'm going to read you Ephesians. 
And I'm on this journey at the moment with God where I'm literally seeing things that, I should say, reading things in his word that I've never read before. Yet I have read his word now three times throughout, okay? And then focused on other books and stuff. And say, okay, so I read this the other day and I've never read this before. Does that make any sort of sense to anybody? Otherwise you're thinking I'm a real nutter. Maybe some of you are. <laughs> okay. It even entitles it, The Christian's Walk. So this, this is the Apostle Paul, I say and affirm together with the Lord. So I say it and I affirm it with the Lord. That you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. You're not to walk in the futility of your mind any longer. You're now my son, you're my daughter. Being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, have, and they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness, idolatry, living for yourself. I will be boss of my life. Thank you for your salvation, justification, but that's all you're getting. Building someone else's kingdom, which is your own, because you're like Sinatra who did it my way. But doing it my way, I've learned, isn't a good way. Because he is God, I'm not. He is supreme, I'm not. He is all truth, I'm not. He is the healer, I'm not. And so, as Ingrid shared the other week, you know what? We're a rebellious bunch of people. Saved by the grace of God, but needing to come into the fullness of God. And by the grace of God, He is so patient with me. And you know what? What's awesome if you're in that sort of place is when you repent, change the way you think, when you come back with humility, you come flying back into an alignment. He says, Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's interesting. And put on the new self, which is in likeness of God. I want to put it to us all today that God is releasing a greater emphasis and a greater depth of this book to his people in an alignment to the kingdom. The Bible says in Matthew 11 that the kingdom is forcefully advancing and forceful men and women will grab hold of it. 
that the church is to go from glory to glory to glory. What do you mean? When he said, I will build my church, he wasn't talking, he was talking about me and you being built in an accurate reflection because he wants to marry every one of us. And we need to contend with what I believe he's releasing right now. But the reality is he wants to do it through, and he will only do it, I believe, through a relationship with him. That you would come into the, the, revel, the revelation of what he's saying. So I can share what I believe God's given me and I believe it with all my heart and I know it's changing me and there are things happening inside of me. I know that and I'll stand on his word and say that. But what I'm sharing here today, God made by his grace just start popping open your eyes and your ears, but I want to encourage you all to go to the Father because it's the only the Holy Spirit that can reveal it. And if what I'm saying is outside of your reality today, then seek him. He'll tell you. He'll tell you if Greg Sim has lost the plot and he's leading you into deception. He'll tell you. Funny. So do we walk in a way with the Father that we can hear his voice and have that relationship? That's what 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says. It's guys, it's... <laughs> Your minds, the natural mind, aren't going to perceive what God has for you through this. And as I've said before, with Jesus returning to to earth, is that revelation transforming us from the inside through the Spirit? I'm not talking about doing human effort because then we go back to my our strengths, our thing again. It's through loving Him with all our heart. That's why hardness of heart can block what God wants to show you listen to what 2 Corinthians 11.3 says but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ but I am afraid This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth. I'm afraid. I'm seeing some things. I'm witnessing some things. I'm seeing it prophetically. I know it to be true. I'm afraid that as the serpent came and deceived Eve, he's so subtle. He is so subtle. Did God really say? And what does Eve say? She says, we're not to eat or touch. It's not what God said. He said, don't eat it. See how subtle that is? Not walking in quite an alignment. And if he can get a little bit of that, he's in. Gotcha. The fight for truth is on. I'm just, by, by, by the craftiness, your mind's. Why do you think I've been talking about the renewing of the mind? Don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed through the Spirit as you renew your thinking, that you can come into levels of sight. And I'm going to finish on a scripture here. That you'll be led astray from the simplicity and the purity of the devotion to Christ. 
to love relationship. I believe the church today has turned this into this whole thing. And I'm going to explain this and I want you to hear my heart, but we've turned it into some intellectual thing. It's lost something. Now, hear me. Are we to study? Yes. Are we to seek God? Yes. Are we to understand the fullness of this? Absolutely. And if you are really doing that in the order that God has put in place, you will change. You will start falling in love with God. You will start coming to a revelation of love, which means you want to spend time with Him. You'll be passionate about the things of God. You'll be passionate about Him. You'll be passionate about people. You can't be passionate and love God and don't love people. It doesn't make any sense. When you love Him, you love people. You love discipleship because it's Him. Once again, if it's not our reality, we're missing something, church. And my heart is to bring you guys into the fullness of this level, whatever I'm at at the moment on that mountain, and I don't know what it is. But I know I haven't been able to see. I know I haven't been walking accurately. And it's a wake-up call to the church today, and others are starting to capture it around the world. And it's an emphasis of truth that God is showing us. But the reality is, if you fight it, if you don't go after it, you can sit here and you will, it will leave you behind. God showed me prophetically three groups of people in this community right now. There are one group of people who are getting it in their heart and their mind. They're coming alive. It's like, this is incredible, man. This is feeding me. I can see it. It's not a big group of, I didn't see who. It was just sort of numbers. And then there is a mass amount of people that this thing is feeding you. You can't articulate it. You can't understand it in your mind yet. But you know it's feeding your spirit. You know it's good because it's alive. It's active. It's starting to shift and change you. But if someone said, can you articulate it? You go, no. You know why? Because the revelation of sight here hasn't come yet. It started. It started. The process has started, but it's not complete. And when you capture it, guess what? You'll be able to articulate it, and you will know you're being changed. And people will go, what's going on? There's something on you that I, you're different. And there are those that are going, what on earth is Greg talking about? Because I haven't got a clue. And you know what? That's okay to be in that place. God still loves you. God wants you to come into that place. But as I've said, it's not just going to fall on your feet, on your lap. It's going to challenge some things. It's going to, it's, you know what? We might, when this good mate of mine came and said, God, Greg, I've got truth that God has been trying to get me to give you for the last year and I've been running away and running away because I thought it was going to break our relationship. When he came to me and he really came, he was crying when he said it. He said, this is going to break us. And God said, don't worry about that. I've got it all sorted. Just deliver what I want you to give him. And when he gave me what he gave me, you know what? It made no sense to my mind. None. It was not my reality. But my heart was going, there's something about this. There's something about this. Why? Because I'm intimate with the Father. I couldn't articulate. I was like, no, no way. But, And then he said these words, which I still, he said, do you love me enough that if I am deceived to walk with me and bring me back from deception, not just let me go into deception? And you know what? I had to um and ah about that one. Do I love my brother enough to walk with him 
in the event that he could be wrong or I could be wrong. And you know who was wrong? For 17 months. And in March last year, bang, and I could see things. I'm so glad I walked on that journey. I'm so glad at that intersection I didn't stand and go, that ain't my reality, see ya. Not even see ya, but just even walk away from my brother. And as I engage with him and in his life and we start to talk, and not even just about that, just in general, I've come to understand this guy at realms I never knew before. The relationship is so much more powerful. But the point I'm trying to make is when it comes, it won't come like I've been saying just on your lap and you go, oh, I got it. Because if that's the case, it's a good idea, as we've said, but it's not a God thing. It's just, we'll say, small in your mind. It's got to come. There's got to be a fight. We don't like mystery. The Bible's full of mystery. But we don't like mystery because it's like, I've got to work for that. But God says, I've hidden things from the learned and the wise and children will find them. This is the Bible, not Greek. It's the Bible. So we've got to to have this one eye in, in unlocking these things and seeing these things through Revelation. Just come with me to one scripture and this will just make my point because I'm going right to the back. When I saw this, sorry Gav, I flipped all around this today. <laughs> Thanks for trying to go with me. Matthew 16, 21. Matthew 16, verse 21. Here's the thought, okay? Without ongoing revelations, we get comfortable at the height we have arrived at on the mountain. And we can settle for what we have and end up staying where we are. Or even worse, we start going backwards. I'm not talking about whether you're saved or not justified. I'm talking about in this transition that the kingdom is advancing. And if you've got eyes and ears to hear it and see it, you're moving with it. Okay? But this almost threw me when I saw this the other day once again. You know, I read things, didn't see it. Just to give you some context, Peter's confession of the Christ is in Matthew 16. Jesus says, who do people say I am? He says, well, some say you're a good guy. Some say you're a good teacher. Some say you're a prophet. Some say you're Elijah. And he says, who do you say I am? And what does Peter say? You are the Christ. And Jesus says, you got that through a revelation from heaven. You didn't get that from your own intellect. God revealed that to you. Yeah? Okay. Come on me to verse 21. Get we there? Okay. Jesus foretells his death. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Can you imagine if this is you? But he turned, locked on, And said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. 
For you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. (laughs) Yeah, wow. This is the man that gets a revelation of the Christ. You are God. You are the Messiah. We've been waiting for you to come. I see you because the Heavenly Father has showed me. I don't know. How many verses later? Seven. Seven verses. And Jesus says, this is what I must do. The same man that says this goes, no, no, no. Why? Why? Because he can't see. We must have ongoing revelation in the kingdom for us to come to the full perspective of the kingdom. Now here's the question. What is Jesus seeing in Peter that I'm sure Peter doesn't even know is there that is partnering with the demonic and stopping Peter seeing the full purposes of God? Jesus tells us it's in relation to his mind. Get behind me, Satan. There's something of darkness. There's something you're not seeing. There's something in this realm that I want you to capture and see, but right now you can't see it. There is another perspective that you have not yet come into. Why? Because it's got to come through the Spirit, through revelation. So we've got to be on this journey of ongoing revelations because it literally says in Scripture, that there are things that God wants to reveal to us that you will not comprehend in your mind. He was things for you and me which blow your mind. Man. Mm. You see, you know when Jesus took Peter, James and John up the Mount of Transfiguration? What was that all about? He takes them up, his three closest guys. He's intimate. He's in relationship with them. And what does he do up there? He reveals his glory, yes? They see, you know, because Moses turns up and it's like, whoa! And Jesus is in his, uh, another reality. And they're like, whoa, man! What's Peter's response? Should we set up camp here and put some tents down and live here? Jesus, I've had Christ in my room, not in the form of that, but in a light. And it radically altered things. I didn't go, hmm, should I pitch a tent in my room now? Now here's the thing. As we come into greater revelations, God wants us to live in those revelations at that thousand feet stage, yes? But we can't get too comfortable at that stage because he wants the things advancing. And so as you climb up the hill with that revelation you have, when you get to the next tier, it's going to require a greater level of revelation for you to enter into that tier. Yeah? You with me? And so Peter's going, Jesus was trying to show these guys, Peter, James and John, a greater level of sight perspective that they would come into. And their response is to make a tent, pitch a tent. And Jesus says, no, 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 come on, let's go back down the mountain. He's so gracious with us. His love covers us. Covers a multitude of everything. Everything was bought at the cross that we would come into the fullness of sight. He paved the way. Grace is the most amazing thing I've ever discovered. Because it paves the way for you to be all you can be in Him. 
And it's not about whether you want to be this person or that person. It's about being you being you with what you've been given. Whether that's one, two or five talents, doesn't matter. Just be you, but come into this fullness that God has for you as a son or a daughter. And as we've discussed over this next four weeks and we'll continue to, what did you see when I multiplied the four or five thousand? Uh, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, the demonic, the spirit of blind spirit. It's not a person, it's a spirit that's blind. Beware of the blind spirit that teaches other things that you cannot yet see. Beware of that influence. And he relates it then because your heart's still hardened. You don't see. If you can capture what I'm saying today, and I pray you are, and if you go back, you... we'll be all be doing a jig in here. And... <laughs> your life will just, you won't be the same. You will not be the same. You cannot. The truth of God is to transform you. When you start coming into the revelation of the truth, you cannot stay the same. How can I not sing of the one who came to set me free? Lord, I pray today as your voice, peace. Lord, and I know what you've given me today is is absolute truth, Lord. I pray, God, that as a community we would journey together and love, Lord, would be the thing that underpins us. That means we're going to have to die to ourselves, die to our own egos, die to everything that is against your kingdom. And I pray your spirit of revelation, Father, would just reveal the depths, how wide, how deep this breadth, this height is of your truth. You were killed for it, Lord. You were killed when you came and wanted to bring but it was all part of God's restoring plan. I pray today, Lord, for those categories of people, that those that maybe find themselves in a situation where they're literally going, I'm going to clue what this guy's saying, that they would seek out those that are in the other two categories. I pray, as they pray, that you would reveal who those people are. And that those people would go to those people and start talking and saying, help me understand, help me see what you are because I see the difference. And I pray those other people in one and two would go back the other way and pray and ask and seek. Because you said in Jeremiah 33:3, call out to me and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not yet know. The word mighty in the New Testament means mystery and the word call to me means to scream out to me to cry out to me from the depth of your spirit. That's why David was such a mighty man. And God said to him, what? This man is after my own heart. He's messed up bad, but he's after my own heart. And that is what I'm after. See, we focus way too much on sin as a church. Sin's a powerful thing, but sin just means to miss a mark. The thing that our downfall is our iniquity, which is our lawlessness, our wickedness that I'm going to be speaking on more and more, but to be honest, I've never heard about it in the Bible, but it's clearly there. The iniquity of man, the lawlessness of man, the wickedness of man that wants to be in control. Our sin is just to miss a mark. God died for that, dealt with that. Done. But this iniquity thing, 
That's why we have to die to self. It will take over your life. It will rule and reign you if you allow it. That's why Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Imitate me, he said, as I imitate Christ. He was walking in such a way that he wanted to be aligned to Jesus. The Bible says that we are made in his image. That word image means that you literally look and you think at somebody else. So if my, actually, there was a, I was playing golf the other day and there was a guy that looked, I'm not kidding you, exactly like Johnny Gillen. Hey, Alistair, where's he gone? He's in the cafe. We came around the corner and I went, that's Johnny, but Johnny's supposed to be down south climbing mountains. And I'm walking up to this guy, about to go, hey, man, how are you doing? And I looked and noticed his golf shoes. I don't know why I'm into shoes, but I look at his golf shoes. I go, oh, no, that's not his shoes. And then I really look and look and I go, I mean, you've you got to, if you see Alice Arson, this guy had the hair, he had the glasses, the way he was standing, his height, his build. I went, no, it's not, Johnny. Alistair came walking around that time and he went, hey, Johnny, man, how you doing? And this guy was like, and I said, it's not him, it's not him. And we're walking down, I don't know, the seventh, and there he is walking to, he's on the other side of the fairway, and even his bag and the way Johnny walks when he tucks his arms in here, he's like this, you know. I thought, I've got to take a photo of that guy. Don't want to be a stalker. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate the Christ. It's to be so accurate in reflection, internally, externally, that someone looks and goes, I see Jesus in Heather Harrison. I love you guys. My heart is just that we would all come into the fullness of what he's doing now. I've realized that I've been part of the way I've been doing things which has been wrong because of a lack of sight. And he is a loving father that died that we would all, all, Christian, non-Christian, they would come into this thing because God's heart is that no one would perish. We reject God. He doesn't reject us. And I really want to see us as individuals and as a body come into this realm that God has for you as an individual and your family and us as a body because I know the impact and the influence it will have not only in our neighbourhoods and in your workplaces but in Wellington and this nation.